Thank you very much for joining us for our candlelit carols this evening. Um, thank you in advance to the choir for the hard work they put in under the leadership of Monica and Miles and uh, David Adams. We're very grateful for, in anticipation for uh, that side of things. I, I commend that the sort of rubric or whatever the word is at the start of the service, which has some, some guidance on, on what happens when. We will keep lights up for a little longer, then the uh, candle lighters will go through the building and we'll dim the lights uh, before we sing. And basically things proceed from that point without too much interruption. I'll say a bit more about that. Announcements that I ought to pass on are concerning the different um, events coming up in the run-up to Christmas. Namely, Christmas Eve next week, Saturday, 5pm, there will be a nativity service in here. Um, it, is, it is billed as being low maintenance for parents and children. I expect it will be high maintenance in plenty of ways, but we want people to feel they can come in costumes they've got ready uh, rather than dressing on the night so that, you can, that children can be involved in helping me to tell the Christmas story. Uh, we have three different locations they will emerge from, and uh, it will be straightforward, and I will brief parents in the coming week with a little more information about that. But we'd love people to come. It's, it's a great service. It can't really go wrong. That's the beauty of it. So come and join us as you are, as you find yourselves on Christmas Eve. It's a great opportunity to bring people as well. 5 p.m. on Saturday, uh, December the 24th. On Christmas Day, the service will be at 10 a.m., followed by a brief communion. There is a communion the night before as well, I should have mentioned. Um, all the details of services are on this little card that you can pick up on the way out on the table. And we'd love you to have one of those and use them to pass on to others. But 11 p.m. on Christmas Eve for a communion service, then 10 a.m. on Christmas Day. And I ought to mention 10 a.m. on New Year's Day, which also happens to be a Sunday as well, which will be followed by a brunch. Um, I would love to encourage people to come to that, to see in the new year together in that way, if you're here, we'd love to see you for New Year's Day, 10 a.m., and then that brunch afterwards in the, memorial, in the Memorial Hall. Bring your own food, and we can share it out and uh, see what other people have bought for that occasion. But I hope it will be a good time together. That has all the details of things that are to come, so please come and join us and invite others to them. I've said a thank you to the choir. Thank you to the team that has set up with candles and uh, I think we're all well and truly lit now. As I said, the service proceeds without interruption from this point onwards. So we stand to sing. Hold off on the first two verses of our first carol when we're ready to start that in a moment. And then stand as you join in for the third verse. Welcome to those that are just joining us. Thank you for coming. Uh, find a seat and we'll get started in a moment. Let's have the lights down and then we'll be ready to get underway. The lights will come up at the end, which is the signal then to extinguish any candles.
Let us pray. Beloved in Christ, be it this Christmas tide our care and delight to hear again the message of the angels and in heart and mind to go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass and the babe lying in the manger. Therefore, let us read and mark in Holy Scripture the tale of the loving purposes of God from the first days of our disobedience under the glorious redemption wrought us by this holy child. In our prayers, let us pray for the needs of the whole world, for peace on earth and goodwill among all people, for unity and truth within the church he came to build. And because this of all things would rejoice his heart, let us remember in his name the poor, and helpless, the cold, the hungry, the oppressed, and the refugee, the sick, and them that mourn, the lonely and the unloved, the aged, and the little children, all those who know not the Lord Jesus, or who love him not or who by sin have grieved his heart of love. Lastly, let us remember with gratitude before God all who rejoice with us, but upon another shore and in a greater light, that multitude which no person can number, whose hope was in the word made flesh, and with whom in the Lord Jesus we are forever one. So may Almighty God bless us with his grace as we remember together the birth of his Son, in whose name we pray. Amen. We say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Now the snake was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the snake, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You'll certainly not die, the snake said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, the snake deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the snake, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers, He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel.
A descendant promised from the line of David. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes. Or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will guide the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed the bear. Their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infants will play near the cobra's den. 
and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. 
He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Angels appear to the shepherds of Bethlehem. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David... A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. (laughs) 
When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger.
the Word made flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Thank you very much to all of our readers. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. In a setting like this, we remember just how important light is. We need the light of the sun by day, the light of lamps by night to the homes we'll return to later, the light of candles in the church this evening. All needed to see, to move about, to perform daily tasks for growing crops, for powering uh, solar uh, cells, for reading and for doing everything in life. What about, however, the light of Christ? The light of Christ needed not for a room or for a church or for the daytime, but the light of Christ needed for all of life. Life both now and in eternity. Has that light shone in our hearts? If it has, we can rejoice all the more this Christmas. If we're not so sure, then may I commend these little booklets at the back of church, Journey into Life, which you can pick up from the back as you leave. One thing we certainly do need light for is wrapping presents. Can you imagine wrapping presents in the dark? What a mess that would make. There'd be bows everywhere, gift tags right, left and centre, sellotape stuck to all your fingers and sticking them to all the bits and pieces of table. It would be a right mess. We need light to wrap gifts. Now, some here will have been very organised, I'm sure, and will have wrapped all their gifts already for Christmas, at least a week in advance. Well done to you. Uh, I'm sure many others will have it on the to-do list for Monday, especially now that I have mentioned it. And a few of us will be perhaps uh, very laid back about it, and we'll be leaving it until Christmas Eve afternoon. I may be in that camp as well. 
I try to give as many gifts as possible at Christmas. I recall the maxim that it's more blessed to give than to receive, although I also am mindful of the contrary epithets. It's more enjoyable to receive than to give. There's often a little bit of kickback, so that works out. The tradition of gift-giving at Christmas started with those three wise men, those three magi, who went from the east to Bethlehem, found the Christ child there, and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold for a king, frankincense for a priest, myrrh for a sacrifice, all roles that Christ fulfilled. And that tradition of gift-giving evolved. We don't still give gold, frankincense, and myrrh today. No, in fact, the gifts given in, say, 4th century Rome among Christians there would have differed hugely to the gifts given in, say, late medieval Europe, or certainly to the gifts given today in 21st century England. The uh, London Evening Standard gave a ranking of some of the top gifts this year for Christmas for children. The list included such items as the uh, Leapfrog Magpie Adventure Microscope, Frozen 2 Code Amaze Game, Melissa and Doug Animal Stamp Set, the Cumber Tie-Dye Kit, the Slime Craze Slimy Fun Kit, and the Paw Patrol Police Cruiser. Some ideas there for those of you who are shopping on Monday, uh, or indeed the week ahead. The interesting thing, though, there's a a verse printed on your server sheets, uh, verse uh, 12 from the reading we had from John just now. And the interesting thing about that verse is that it doesn't speak actually of any gifts given among ourselves, any gifts given by us or by the Magi to God, but actually quite the reverse. It speaks of a gift given by God to us. He gave the right to become children of God, a gift given by God to us. He gave the right. You might think that doesn't sound very interesting. I can't touch a right. I can't play with a right. I can't use a right to make funky t-shirts like I could with the the cumber tie-dye kit. I can't use a right to play a prank on my parents like I might do with the slimy craze, slimy fun kit. He gave the right, in fact, sounds rather legalistic and dull. You might also think, well, I have rights anyway, plenty of rights. I don't really feel like I need any more rights. Imagine that Christmas tree on Christmas Eve at home, pile of presents underneath it, all sorts of interesting shapes and sizes, big boxes, little parcels, irregular shapes, round tins, perhaps full of biscuits, and amongst that pile, one slim envelope. Your heart sinks because you see your name written on the little envelope rather than the big packages and the interesting shapes. Oh no, you think. Uncle Bob has got me a TK Maxx voucher again because he couldn't quite work out what to give me, so he's just given me a £20 voucher. I'll have to drag myself there on Boxing Day and sort that out. But Christmas Day comes, and you start opening up presents amongst the family, and you reluctantly open that slim envelope with your name on it. It's not from Uncle Bob. It's from the Sandals Beach Resort Company. A letter to you saying you have won first prize in our Christmas draw. A draw you suddenly remember you entered months ago but actually forgot entirely about us. 
And you have won a right to a free, all expenses paid, all-inclusive holiday in the sun on an island resort every year for the rest of your life. Well, you're stunned to read that. What an incredible right to be given. What an amazing prize to have won. You read it again, looking for the small print and trying to work out what's the catch. Are they giving me this right if I appear in their publicity? Are they giving me this right if I write for their website or if I use their credit card or if I work in their kitchens? No, none of that. No catches. You simply won the right to holiday every year in your choice of their resorts around the world. And you read it again, right. Wow, a right. I've won the right to that. Well, you're still stunned three days later from having this and the phone rings while you're in the post-Christmas, post-Turkey stupor. Oh, hello, sir. Oh, hello, madam. We're ringing from Sandals. Just wondering if you got our letter. Did it make it to you? Did you see that you won the prize, the first prize in the Christmas draw? Well, yes, I did, but I, I don't understand. What's the catch? What's, what's gone wrong here? There's no catch, sir, no catch whatsoever. You've won first prize, the right to a holiday every year. Well, when can I book my first one? Right away. And being the depths of winter, you're all too pleased to book that first holiday in the sun. Well, the good news of this passage is that actually, and also the good news of Christmas as it happens, there's an even better right waiting for all of us. A better right than that letter under the Christmas tree. He gave the right, our verse says, to become children of God. Much better than inheritance from a travel company. Much better than favour from them. Much better than a single week per year for the rest of life. Instead, peace with God forever. Well, how do we get that right? Well, it's certainly not by entering a competition, as we did with the holiday. No, we just need to look at the first half of the verse. To all who did receive him, Jesus, to those who believed in his, Jesus' name. That is, for all who acknowledge Jesus to indeed be the light of the world, to such people he gave the right to become children of God. Now again, you might say, well, hang on, we're all children of God anyway, aren't we? Do I really need this right if I'm a child of God anyway? Why do I need something extra? Well, there's a slight distinction to make there, because no, actually, we're made in the image of God. Everyone's made in the image of God. But that's very different to being made as children of God. We are made with the moral faculty to decide between right and wrong, much as God himself does. That's what being made in the image of God means. There's been several snowmen around the village this week. I'm sure you've probably seen them. There's three very fine snowmen, in fact, on Hawkston Road um, that should have been standing sentinel. Likewise, many of us will make gingerbread men in the week ahead to populate our gingerbread houses and to feed uh, the children on Christmas Day. And those things, snowmen, gingerbread men, they are certainly, in a sense, made in our image. They look a little bit like men, I suppose. But just because they're made in our image wouldn't make any of us think that snowmen or gingerbread men have some sort of right. 
It would be absurd, in fact, to suggest that just because a snowman is made in the image of a man, he has some sort of right from us. And it's just the same on a bigger scale for us, made in God's image, but no natural right, no right of ourselves to be his children, to inherit his kingdom, except through the light of the world, through Jesus. To all who did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. Well, for those of us who have trusted in him, who have received him, hold on to that right tightly, just as you'd hold on to that letter from the holiday company, a right to a free holiday every year for the rest of your life. You'd hang on to that. For those who maybe haven't taken hold of that right yet, may I encourage you this Christmas to make use of the light of the world. Let him into your heart, receive him, and receive the right to become children of God. Let us pray. We thank you, God our Father, for the wonderful gift you give at Christmas of Jesus Christ, your Son. May we all receive him, believe in him with all our heart, and so gain and hold that greatest prize of all, the right to be your children. Amen.
Well, thank you all very much indeed for coming. We'll have the lights up in a moment, but not quite yet. We'll have a final prayer before we do that. Let me say thank you for coming. Thank you too for, I ought to say, for David Adams persevering with the um, recalcitrant organ that has called a chill in the last week and has got something not quite right with it, but he's persevered and uh, led us well. So <laughs> if that could have happened at any moment and uh, occasionally did. But thank you, David, for persevering. Um, Edward mentioned these lovely Christian Christmas booklets that we have. We would love to put one in your hand and uh, have you take one away for some light reading. I'm conscious that people come to church at Christmas and uh, it's an opportunity to have dealings with God, which I would love to encourage you to do even tonight to receive that gift that he's wonderfully offering to us to be part of his family, to have the right to be children of God. And a prayer at the end of a service like this, before the lights come up and the mince pies come out, in the quiet might be just the moment for you to hear God's voice and to say, yes, please, Lord, I'd like to receive that gift quietly. So I'm going to pause now and then lead us in a final prayer. And I'd encourage you to take that opportunity to say yes in that way to Almighty God. So we pray earnestly, Heavenly Father, for your blessing to rest on us, on our families, our loved ones, near and far, this Christmas. And a pause for us to make that prayer personal for ourselves, to say to God now, may your blessing rest on me. Maybe to hold out an an open hand, as it were, to receive that gift, to be part of God's family, his child, won by Jesus Christ for us. And so may the obedience of Mary, may the eagerness of the shepherds, May the joy of the wise men as they found the Savior of the world be ours this Christmas tide. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen.